Welcome to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. I'm Rick Cushman. I'm Paul Wagner. Paul, today I want to talk to you about a friend of mine. It came to me in tears. I'm kind of surprised a friend would come to you in that situation, Rick. Uh, well, you don't see this a lot, uh, but she said someone had told her that real wine drinkers don't drink whites. So she wasn't actually in tears? No. No, no. she really wasn't. <laughs> she just had a question. I was just going for drama. You know? I see. <laughs> That's yeah. all I had. She came to you in confusion, and boy, that and fits the picture perfectly. Yes. A little confused, and and now now she's not now coming. thoroughly. When she hears this, she will not, she will not ask me a question again. Uh, we actually we've got other drama today, so that's I don't really need that drama, including a question about a near brawl over ordering wine. Cool. We have a couple of listener questions about wines that travel and how much to chill a wine. We've got our usual horrible wine writing, and we also have our usual making fun of wine snobs because that's what we do. That's what we do. But we're going to start with the idiot who said real wine drinkers don't drink whites. What's a real wine drinker? Uh, it's somebody who drinks wine that isn't fake. I'm sorry. Red wine, white wine, sweet wine, bubbly wine, yeah. uh, any kind of wine, it's wine. If you drink it, you're a wine drinker. Well, you know, it is that uh, or natural, unnatural. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, th- that's we've it, it, it continues to mystify me why wine and so few other things that are like this where there is it's the my way or the highway. Right. You know, right. it's wine. Wine's supposed to be well, fun. And, and here's the funny part of this, Rick. You and I both know, having done some of these tastings, that most people, when they are served wine in black glasses, cannot in fact tell the yep. difference between red and white wine. So these people were saying that, you know, the only real wine is red wine, frankly, probably couldn't tell the difference if they were drinking out of a wine glass. Yeah, yeah. A black wine glass. Yeah, and, and you know... I mean, some of the most expensive wines on the planet, if this person who says that probably judges by price. Possibly, yeah. There are some very, very expensive whites. Yep. Not only are they white, but some of them are sweet. Like you, Rick. Well, yes. And I am not cheap, you know. (laughs) Actually, that's not what I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually true. I am cheap. Um, Pretty darn cheap. I'm I'm easy, too. (laughs) You know, but... There's, there's a attached to that is also this sort of thing that, um, that that there's a macho ness in in. So here's the weird one, right? Where did this idea come that there are feminine wines and masculine wines? I don't, I don't. It was from 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 men. Because well, <laughs> sort of. But then you meet the men who make wines. And right. none of them have that preconceived notion. And if, the funny thing is, you know, a lot of people these days think of the ultimate red male macho wine is Cabernet Sauvignon. Right. But 50 years ago, when you asked people which was the manly wine, it was Burgundy. It was Pinot Noir. And the more delicate feminine wines came from Bordeaux, which was Cabernet. This stuff is just insane. It's just, it's just fad, and it has nothing to do right. with the well, wines. Sherry was kind of a cool dude wine, too, just yep. because it was foreign. And yep. it was— uh, and, Oh, and it tastes good. And, and tastes good, yeah. Cause, yeah. yeah. The, it's, but it is—I um, mean, it's just such a disservice— a, and I, I don't know where it comes from. I don't think it, it, it really isn't an industry thing. It is 
this it's the i don't know whether it's the collector thing or just the jerk thing where it's pretty much the jerk thing you know that that it, yeah. it's it's this is the way to be you know yeah. is if you the way i drink it is right and right. everybody else is a loser and or slightly uh less of a person because they do it differently Yes. Was, Sounds like they should. That person should run for president. <laughs> I've heard that sort of thing before. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the other part of it too, with that, and this this person talking to my friend, it was, is this the the notion? And we have answered questions like this in the last couple of weeks. So I'm, but but it's a constant of that. There are there are wrong whites to drink, you know, an oaky, buttery Chardonnay or a Pinot Grigio, which was, right. we, we had a comment well, a week or two ago. But it's very simple. That list is very easy to understand. All you have to do is look at the best-selling right. wines in America, right. and those are the wines you're never supposed to drink. Why? Because they're too popular. Right. Which is part of that macho-ness is like, I'm too cool to drink what other people drink. I'm too cool to accept that right. they're being sucked into the, the cool kid version of it. Right. So they have to be uh, uh, acceptable. And, you know, I think that's one of the, the 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 most awful thing, which is why she wasn't really in tears, but I imagined but her. By so. the time by the time she was done with you, she well, was yeah, sobbing. that was a whole different thing. It's just <laughs> she'd forgotten what I was like. Uh, but, um, no, but this notion that you can do something wrong in choosing a wine, you're choosing your wine, right? It doesn't I, happen with music. People are, listen to all sorts of stuff, and nobody says, "Oh, how can you listen to?" Rock and roll. How can you listen to country western? How can you listen to well, Zydeco? I don't know. No offense to this guy, but Kenny G fans took some guff. Well, you're right. <laughs> that actually, that's a really good comparison right yeah. there. Yeah. And why? Because he was really darn popular. He's very popular. Yeah. And so that's part of it. Well, and you yeah. know what makes popular sometimes Here. is that edges get smoothed Here's over. Here's the good part of this, Rick. Our show will. Always. We'll always be cool. Because? We're not popular. There you go. There you go. This is working. We've got it. We've got we the form of the nail. nailing it. Yeah, yeah. So there you That's entirely, entirely. We, we're on top of this. Yeah. That's, um, you know, and, and here's another thing, too. Weather's hot. Uh, you're going to drink a big cab at, at, at when you're having lunch out on the deck at, yeah. in 85 degrees? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a funny story. I, I have taken groups of wine writers to uh, Spain in the summertime, and it's hot in Spain in the summertime. I've been in Spain in the summertime, and it was hot. And we sit and around it, the it plaza didn't rain on the plane either. in the middle of the afternoon, and everybody wants to drink, you know, what's the most serious wine here? Because I want to start by tasting something really good, and they all order a glass of this big honking red wine. And I always order what's called in Spain a tinto del verano, which means a summer red. And what it is is basically 7-Up and red wine mixed 50-50. Ah, there you go. See, I was thinking sangria. I had, well, some, I had some terrific sangria. So we sit down there. and we start – and within about 10 minutes, they all start looking at my drink saying, what is that you're drinking? And I tell them, oh, man, that's garbage. By the end of the first glass – They've all tasted mine, and the next order is always a tinto. It takes approximately 20 minutes to talk somebody out of that big red wine glass in the middle of a hot yeah. summer day. By the way, if you go to uh, Spain and you order sangria, uh, it, it, will, um, it will also have uh, at least the, 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 the number of sangrias that I've had. I'm sure they may make it other ways, but the things to know is that there will be some sparkling in there. Yep, bubbly. Yep. And there will also be some uh, actual spirits. Yes. So there. So it's not you know. Often Cointreau for yeah. the orange. So we yeah. you, you think that it's going to be this really light alcoholy thing. It is this light, fluffy, tasty thing because it's fruit and it's bubbly, 
but it's a little different than what we think of it here. Yeah. Um, and it does kind of sets you up for nap time is what it does. <laughs> <laughs> so in short, though, in short, that's a really simple thing. First off, there is no real real wine drinkers. There's no real wine to drink. All wines are wine. Right. If you love it, you're right. If you you're hate right. it, you're right. Second, this the dumbest thing I've one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And I've heard some really dumb things in Telling wine Telling people world. what they should drink what, yeah. is the stupidest thing and you can do. There's a, there's a, yeah, there's the correct wine. And, and so for the rest of the show, we're going to give people advice on what we think they should drink, right? <clears throat> yes. We're going to tell them what to do because that's what we are. <laughs> in fact, we've got some questions coming right up right here where we have, we're going to tell people advice. But what the thing is that if anybody's been listening to us for any length of time, <laughs> They know enough not to really pay attention to us. Actually, if they've listened to us more than once, they're probably not listening to us again because they've discovered that we're not popular. That's true. Well, no, then we're then they can oh they can listen to us until until we're popular. <laughs> that's right. Yes. That's right. And, and if the that's solution. the case, don't sweat it. It'll be a while. That's right. All right. So if you'd like to ask us a question, by the way, you can go to our website, rickandpaulwine.com, if you're not already there listening. And uh, if you are there listening, go ahead and ask us a question. You can also find us on iTunes for free. Uh, so this is, is from Maria in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. She says, mm-hmm. a group of us are out. This is our. This is drama. A group of us are out to dinner, and a couple of the guys, who are usually pretty okay, started arguing about what wine to order. We felt bad for their <laughs> wives. There were eight of us, but they couldn't even agree on two different wines to get. So, okay, they're idiots. But should the surfer have helped out? What do you do with bozos like that? Separate table. There you go. Yeah, you say, excuse me, you two... Hey, let me pull him by the ear and stand him in the corner you know, and say, no wine for you. So first of all, it's a group. You're having fun. You're supposed to be having a party. And these two guys start to argue about what wine to order. And the answer is very simple. If you feel about it so strongly, you guys each order as many different wines as you want to, and you pay for them, and we'll drink whatever tastes good to us. Yeah. And then you don't have to argue, and everybody's happy. Yeah. And it's... That's asking a lot for the server, but but she asks a good question about that because, you know, oh, that's it, an impossible. Situation it's an impossible for situation, and, and you but you want to try to help out, and one of the things to do is, is as Maria suggested, well, what, they couldn't even agree to get two different bottles. Right. Yeah. See that that goes nothing... back to our person who's saying real wine drinkers don't drink white. Yeah. Is... That's that's there's no way that the server can show up there and offer a solution that's going to make those guys because the only way one of them's going to be happy. As if the other one loses. Right, right. That, so you can't make them both happy. It stopped being about wine, and it isn't which about is wine. often the case with these sort of stupid wine stories. You right. know, not not stupid stories, but stupid wine people. Right. Which is that they're so it's so much it's about not, them and their ego. It's tied not up just into that their... they have to win; it's that other people have to lose. Yeah, yeah, and this which this is why is... they like us because they've already won. Because they, they know, know they're they know. <laughs> let them win all they want. Yeah, they, yeah. Go they, ahead. You or if that's the wine you want to drink, you order it, you pay for it, you'll be very happy with it. We'll all be very impressed. And by the way, on the side, bring me a bottle of this so I can drink what I like. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, Maria, we, we feel for you. And if there's anything the server could try to do is to step in and say, would you like to taste a couple of these? I mean, that's about it. That might, yeah, might calm down. they're still going to disagree. Because they want to disagree. Because they want to disagree. And, you know, Maria asks what to do with bozos like that. And I would say don't go out to dinner with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, they didn't know that was happening. But I would – so, Maria, next time. Next time. Go leave those two guys behind. That's right. Yep. That's right. Separate that's, tables. And that's it. Yeah, make them sit at the kids' table. There you go. <laughs> so this one is from Alice Nikoloff in San Francisco. I heard that some white wines come from red grapes. Is that true, and how does that work? 
Yes, it's true. And it's a very simple thing to explain because almost all grapes, there are only a couple of exceptions, almost all wine grapes have white juice. The skins of the grapes can vary anywhere from green to gold to really dark red, purple, black. But the juice itself, when you first squeeze the grape, is almost always white or very, very pale pink. So can you make a white wine out of that? Out of any wine. And then if you well, want a classic ma- example, it would be like a champagne, a classic champagne brut, right? Because right. if you're doing it, two of the three grapes in that are red. Are red. Yeah. And then, and then if you leave the juice in contact with the skins, which is the may- way you make red wine, you let it soak on those skins while it's fermenting, and it sucks the color out of those skins and absorbs it into the juice, and then you end up with red wine. But yes, you can make white wine from red grapes or, as they are called in France, black grapes, yeah. which is why we sometimes see on the label, particularly of sparkling wine, Blanc de Noir, which means a white wine made from, from black grapes. Right, that would be the sparkling. And and by the way, uh, Alex, if you, if you don't know, the, the simple process for making a white wine is that the the grapes are pressed, the juice comes out, and they ferment the groups, the, 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 the ferment the juice. And with the red wines, they the grapes are crushed, but they they ferment it with the with the skins and the and remember pressing is yeah. where you separate the juice from the skin so the white wines get crushed and pressed immediately so they don't usually touch the skins very long yeah, and the reds get 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 uh, pressed the juice gets pressed off after the fermentation or yeah. after they had, had some yeah. contact so that's how that works yep all right we got a bunch more questions cool uh, but that is it for questions for now oh um and thank you by the way for listening to bottle talk with rick and paul and coming up is some really horrible wine writing You know what those sounds mean? Those means uh, we're gonna pick means on. Means Rick has to stop dancing and get I back in love, front of the microphone. I love that music. Oh, it's it's so intelligent. <laughs> well, or it, uh, it it stays with you, which would be uh, something like uh, okay, a my wine word. word. Yeah. You know, and you know, here's a sad part. A really good friend of mine uses this word a lot, and he's a he's a very smart guy, and he's a real wine expert. But the term is persistent or persistence. And it really talks about the length that the flavor stays in your mouth. But to me, persistent always sounds a little bit annoying. Yeah, yeah, that's me too. It's like the I mean, kid. Rick, you going, are persistent. Hey, 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 yeah, Rick, hey, you can stop now. Hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's persistent. That's persistent. Yeah, and it's just not attractive. Yeah, um, and well, I, I've been told that about me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I understand what they're trying to say here. But, you know, give yourself the opportunity to use one extra word and say long-lasting or long-finish or, you know, there are some other ways to say this without saying that the wine has grabbed your tongue and won't let go. You know, there's a—it's an unfortunate thing, I think, in, in even among, like, your friend, you know, smart, good wine people of that, that they go to their shorthand— Right, and that's it's okay when they're talking to each other. It is to a certain level, of course. We all do that within in any industry in any business. There's a jargon, right. but when you're talking to the public, the public doesn't know that shorthand. One of the things that always that it's it's really it's sort of a side. It's a, such a minor version, but it's a but it's a good example of it is when people talk about what's the price of a wine, they say what's the price point. 
not what's uh-huh. the price. Right. Because price point makes them try. They think that it's like sounding industry like. They're trying to be cool. Yeah, and and but it's the exact opposite. The industry should be saying we're going to be like you. You don't have to be like us. Right. You have to be like us for you to buy our buy our product. Right. right. You just enjoy yourselves yeah. and, and. Well, the and, irony is, of course, that the industry for years has used this whole categorization of prices, from value to fighting varietal, right. to boutique, and they use all of these and points, premium and super premium. And you know what's funny about it is those categories are so old that they are probably not only 20 years out of date, but probably $20 right, out of right. date. Right, right. Well, I was going to say because pe- people would be surprised what the premium price yeah, premium is. premium starts around 7 Right, right. That's a premium That's wine. That's the yeah. upscale wine. Yeah, they got to keep adding ultra, super, ultra, yeah, yeah, qual- yeah. you know, <laughs> super duper, super secret, double o- With ultra. With STP. Yeah, yeah. That's right. All right. So, so you've got a nice long review here for us to, to yes, entertain us. This was, um, uh, this is the one, uh, this was another one of those, uh, uh, bloggers who's well known, actually, or well known. You know, I'd say well known, but you know, there's among bloggers. This is a blogger who. Yeah, there is, are no well known wine bloggers. Yeah, it's true. Is uh, okay. the, the other bloggers know this blogger? <laughs> um, the wine name removed, so we don't get sued. Is starting to reveal the true extent of its potential with deeply complex aromas of dark blackberry, dark plum, and rich molasses, with a dash of cinnamon spice, ripe plum, and cream. Mm. Full and rich in the mouth, the wine is showing extremely ripe and juicy with black. Blackberry, brambleberry, blueberry, huckleberry, blackcurrant, cassis, <laughs> I'm getting tired, and vanilla flavors in a medium to semi-full mouth feel. How many berries uh, we got in there? About a thousand. Yeah. Um, so it's got you got your in the flavors, the blackberry, the brambleberry. The blueberry, the black uh, the huckleberry. What, does the anybody on earth know what a brambleberry tastes like? Um no, but didn't wasn't that a car company, the Brambler? Yeah, you, you, there you go. There yes. you go. Yeah. And blueberry and huckleberry. I'm not sure I know what huckleberry tastes well, like. I've had I have huckleberry jam. I've had huckleberries. Yeah. Okay. yeah but delicious. nonetheless, if you're trying, you, if you're, there's no. This is just somebody because they've at got le- Rick. At least it didn't say it was dominated by flavors. <laughs> we of had that blackberry, yeah. brambleberry, like blueberry, flavors, currant, right. cassis, vanilla. Yes. What? And then they've got dark plum and ripe plum. Which... Well, those are two different things. Yeah. Okay. Dark plum and ripe plum, because dark plum means dark. And ripe plum means ripe. And when plums get ripe, usually they get dark. I would think. <laughs> and then there's cinnamon spice, which but is the, just an extra but word. But we are both right? ignoring the obvious. Right. The it's, really juicy I, choice this, this element This is the here. part I like, right? It's full and rich in the mouth, but in a medium to semi-full mouthfeel. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one or the other, but it could just be all things to all people. <laughs> it's, yeah. And, you know— this sounds like a wine probably got a lot of fruit flavors in it. It's probably got a big—it's a big red dish, probably. It, actually, this wine is a—well, uh, you can probably guess from a few of the flavors. It's Cab. Cab. Yeah. Yeah, but here's one. What's the aroma of cream? That's a good one, too, huh? Cream. It's in the aromas. What yeah, does cream smell like? Cream. I don't know what cream smells like. It smells like really, really rich milk, yeah, which actually, if you were to ask any enologist, he would tell you that if your wine smells like milk— it's a problem. Mm-hmm. That that is, in fact, kind of a flawed wine. Yeah, but it is also a case of somebody trying to make a wine sound good. Yeah, and without... o- but showing how much they know or how, and so overdoing it. So then you just get lost in the notion of the wine. Yep. Or what the wine might be. You know. Yep. 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 And they got the all important cassis in there, which no American Nobody knows what it means has. anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Right. I was uh, I was in a tasting the other day with actually some wine professionals and. We're struggling for something, and I said cassis, and they all went yes, that's it. And 
I am absolutely convinced none of them knew what I just <laughs> I threw it out there. I'm nodding. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, speaking of not knowing things, it's time that's for us. That's us. To, uh, that's us, and that's why we're going to answer a couple more questions. <laughs> uh, and by the way, if you'd like to ask us a question, we remind you, if you're not on our website, go there, rickandpaulwine.com, all one word. You can ask us a question about anything. We will actually mangle questions not about wine just as badly as questions about wine. Oh, yeah. So you go oh, right yeah. And many, some questions are about people and other things that yes, have really— right. Only peripheral relationship to one. If you want us to ask us how to fix a doorknob, I did that this morning. That's a long story. <laughs> All right. Now let's go Don't to questions. Know. <laughs> Don't want to know. Steve, This is from Steve Burke in Sonora up there okay. in the foothills. Which is also wine country. It is. Indeed. I travel a lot for work, and sometimes I end up in a motel without a bar nearby and just want a glass of wine. Any ideas about wines that travel well for a day or a couple of days? Like That's what, tough. What to take the, with here's you. the real challenge. The real mm. challenge is temperature. Right. It's not driving around. It's not the rest of the stuff. It's is this wine going to get hot in your car? Because if it gets hot, it's going to get cooked. And instead of the fresh bramble berries, huckleberries, blackberries, raspberries, berries, plumberries, yeah. and other things that is in your wine, it's going to taste like stewed cranberries, blackberries, yeah. huckleberries, etc. So I'm going to make a slightly different suggestion. Instead of picking a wine that will travel well, pick a wine that you like and then go out and invest in a really good insulated small container for that wine. And you can put the wine in that and it can stay in there for a couple of days. If you get a good one, it'll it'll hold up against a fair amount of heat. Yeah, not, um, a, bad way, not a bad way to go. And that would be my solution. There is another way. Okay. There actually are... Everything from the you know the single single serving bottles, although they're relatively inexpensive yes, wines. For you, that's a seven hundred and fifty. Yes, right, right, exactly right. The full yes, the, that's the, yes, the full. That's a full wine bottle. That's a fifth. Yes. But there's also you know the, the tetra packs and a couple yep. of those other things out there, and some of them are relatively decent. Oh, all of those. Want, it's, but the problem is, so the problem I say, but, isn't. The problem isn't carrying the wine around. The problem is it getting too hot, and none of those solve that problem. Well, he needs the cooler still. Right. But this way, the other because the other part of it is if if you just want a glass of wine, and you know now you, and you're traveling for a couple of days now you've got an open bottle and it's that much it's going to well or the stay other problem well. is you get to the hotel room and you discover that you have everything except the cork puller and then you get to find out whether or not the screwdriver in the toolkit in your car well, will get a cork that's out of why a wine I, bottle. I, every bag I own has a uh, a cork puller in it and a wine glass. Every glove no, compartment have glass, we right. have in every car yeah. we've ever owned has had a couple I, of extra. I keep pulls. one in my sock just in case. <laughs> um, but do you strap it to the inside of your thigh? Yeah. I've got that one too, yeah, and I got one on in, in a holder on my back just in case. Me and and uh, Crocodile Dundee, right. you call that a cork puller? <laughs> this is a cork puller. <laughs> uh, but seriously, Steve, actually, because um, I have I do this less now, but I used to travel for work a lot, and and that's what I used to do was the, Paul saying with a cooler, small cooler, yeah. and you know, and yeah. a couple of those little guys, and then it's a glass of wine at night, and it's and it, not a bad way. to it do It doesn't have to be too complicated. You know, we've, I always have a travel blanket in my car, and I can't tell you the number of times that we decided to drive for a few hours, realized we had a good bottle of wine in the car, 
just wrapped that bottle up neatly in the towel or in the in the blanket and left it there for three or four or five or six or eight hours, and it was fine in insulated like that. Yeah, yeah. So that depends. But but those little guys make are handy, easy travel things. And and if you really do, you know, if you know you're going to be somewhere for a while, that that good bottle of wine, take now, it with you. What one caveat is you do not want to do that in say Yosemite National Park. You do not want to leave the bottle of wine in your car with the opener along with the salami, or you're going to come back and discover that the bears are having their very own picnic yeah, in and your they, car. Yeah, and they love a good glass of wine, They too. love a good bottle of Cabernet. Yeah, they do. They do. All right, a quick one from Lisa in Sacramento. She says, how cold should a white be? And these are different temperatures for different ones. I really like it cold. Is there a white that's best for cold? Well, that's a good question. Cool. You know, it's a great question. You have used this line, and it's a good one, which is "chill it to kill it." And so, for <laughs> inexpensive whites that you like cold, I mean, if you like really cold wine, and sometimes, boy, don't we all? Yes. You know, a fairly inexpensive. I would say, like a wine like a Sauvignon Blanc, very cold, is really is is, yeah. is in the ballpark. So here's here's one thing: is if you're drinking aromatic white wines, which are the more floral, open wines, and while Sauvignon Blanc may slightly fall into that category, I'm thinking of Muscat. I'm thinking of Viognier. Gewürztraminer, those wines, really a lot of their appeal lies in the aromas that evaporate from the wine. They need to be a little bit warm yeah, to evaporate. Right, right. If you pick a wine that is not known as being a very aromatic, and I would point out things like Muscadet, um, uh, are when you chill them, you don't lose as much. And I, I, I have to say, I am with Lisa on this. I believe in serving your white wines a little too cold because you know what? They, they warm, up warm up just fine in the glass. But if you start with them too warm, right. the, there's no place they can go but bad. Whereas if you start with them too cold, they just warm up and you'll be fine. Yeah, and the and the target temperature would be in the 45-ish range. And your refrigerator is Which generally— Which is pretty cold. Yeah, For a white wine, that's pretty cold. Yes, and your refrigerator is 37, so it's already going to be a little colder. Um, and but it's sort of the leaner the wine, the the for me the leaner the wine, the mm-hmm. better yeah, it is I, cold. I, I would agree with that too, yeah, unless so. unless it really isn't very good, and then the colder you can yeah, serve, then it, you the just better chill it will taste. As Paul says, yep. yes, but that's your target, and yeah, there's slightly different. So it's just leaner, colder, slightly richer. There's slightly a reason warmer. that big American beer companies suggest that you serve their wine ice or their, their beer, beer ice cold, so you won't taste it. That's right. Yeah, that's it. Well, you've got a taste of us, so that's it for another round of Bottle Talk <laughs> and with Rick Paul. And we are at least cool, we if are not cool. cold. We are, and we're not popular, so that's working for us, too. <laughs> Our producer is Matt Piscini. Thank, Thank you, Matt. Matt. Thanks to Capital Public Radio for the studio use. If you'd like to ask us a question, we encourage that. Go to rickandpaulwine.com, uh, all one word, rickandpaulwine.com. If you're not already there, look for us on iTunes. And if you learned anything today, we hope it's white wines are for winners. Hooray. Pe- and people who complain about whites are the worst kind of snobs. And they're losers. And losers. I'm Rick Cushman. I'm Paul Wagner. And remember, the best wines you drink are with friends. Or with us. Especially us, and because we are not losers. (laughs) 